church. Hey, hey, uh, welcome, welcome to downtown Rimrock um, Church. We are so glad you're here. Um, I see some new faces, familiar faces, so um, we are just, uh, I'm happy to see you regardless. Um, thank you for being here tonight with us. Um, how many of you guys have been to Hills Alive this weekend? How many of you guys are going after this? All right, so uh, this announcement for Hills Alive in our, uh, in our little folder doesn't apply to you guys, so um, just kidding. But there is Hills Alive going on. Hey, uh, if you're new here, if you've been here for a while, this is a, a way to find out how to connect in this little pamphlet here. Um, there's lots of stuff that we do in uh, Rimrock downtown as a community to just try to connect with one another and, and try to be together in community. So um, check out that pamphlet. There's a couple things coming up. Uh, as a community, uh, we're going to be camping at Stockade Lake um, in next weekend, I believe, and I think the RSVP is by tomorrow. So if you want to join in and be a part of that, um, you can look in there to see how to RSVP um, to that. And uh, I think uh, we, uh, Rimrock Downtown is a part of a, a, is a campus of a larger church up the hill, uh, up Highway 44, um, called Rimrock Church. And uh, we do have an annuals members meeting um, on the 28th if you want to join us for that um, as well. Um, and then you can see some other things going on. There's going to be a, a biblical retreat going on in August. Um, you can uh, find out more about that. Um, but yeah, so my name is Chris Parrish. I'm one of the, um, on the teaching team here at Rimrock Downtown. And uh, I get to share with you guys tonight. Um, we're continuing our series that we've been doing on um, Jesus's words, uh, known as the Sermon on the Mount. Um, our series is called A Blessed Life with God. What does it really mean to have a blessed life? Um, and really, at the core of that is um, a blessed life is really a life in relationship with God. It's not about having... Um, material possessions and enough money in your bank account and all these things that the world has to offer. Um, it's not about that stuff. It's about being in this uh, rich relationship and this right relationship with God. And, and what does that look like? And so let me pray for us um, this evening and then uh, we'll jump into what we got going. So Father, um, God, I just pray that uh, we would come to you tonight and that we would know that you're here, present, and with us, and you just desire to live life with us. And God, I pray that, um, that the things that we do, the things in our life that we put our energy towards, put our mind towards, would be um, directed toward you and uh, the giver of life. And um, God, ultimately, that we would not do anything for you that wouldn't be directed at living life with you, God, that we wouldn't do things just for the sake of doing them, God, that we wouldn't even be coming to church tonight just for the sake of coming to church, but um, to know more about who you are and what you have for us in this blessed life. So, Jesus, um, I pray that you would 
speak to us and speak to our hearts tonight. Amen. Um, so uh, I get the I got the lot of talking to you guys about Jesus' words uh, when he talks about fasting. Okay, so that's real exciting, right? Uh, fasting. So I don't know how many of you guys have ever fasted before, um, but I got to be honest with you guys. Um, when I got the email that this was my passage to speak on, I actually chuckled out loud. Like the LOL, literally I laughed out loud. Um, because to be honest with you guys, um, this is like the spiritual discipline that I um, am least good at, right? I struggle with this spiritual discipline uh, for many reasons, um, partly because I just, maybe I just don't fully understand it. I just don't get it. Like, I, I struggle with, with doing it because it's just hard, right? Just fasting from things that we enjoy is just a hard thing to do in today's day and age, right? And so, Personally, um, I feel <laughs> unqualified and inadequate to even give this message uh, because I don't feel personally that I, um, I am very good at this discipline myself. And uh, you guys are probably, you know, thinking in your best, like, Jim Gaffigan voice, like, what is he doing up here? Like, what? <laughs> you know how he does that? Why is he speaking on this? He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Right? Maybe we should go to church up the hill now. <laughs> they know what they're talking about. No, but here's the honest truth. I just, I just want to be real, and I don't want to be honest with you guys, that um, through looking at this and, and preparing this message and, and looking at Jesus' words in this, God has, has shown me and taught me just as much as he wants to show you and teach you about what these words mean um, and why he, he pulls these words out when he's talking about this blessed life of relationship with God. And so he, he wants to teach us more about our hearts and his heart. He wants to teach us more about our desires and his desires. He, he wants to show us he wants to show me just as much as you about how fasting is really this idea of, of dethroning ourself and dethrone, taking ourself and our desires out of the throne and putting him on the throne and coming under him and saying, what are your desires, God? Not what are my desires, but what are your desires? And so that's what tonight is going to be about. And, and I just, I hope that you guys will just lean into this with me, um, because you guys, I'm right in this with you guys. Lean into it with me, and, and as we learn more about who God is and his heart for us and his heart for, for what we should be about. And um, so I think when it comes to fasting, um, we as, as people in this room may, may fall under maybe like three different categories, okay? So uh, maybe you're in this first category, and you've tried fasting, and you've practiced fasting, and you just, you love it. Like, you fast, and you hear God's voice, and, and you experience God in, in the most real way, and that's just like the best way for you to experience God is through the spiritual discipline of fasting. And, and if that's you, I, I, I say, 
you know, kudos to you because we are all jealous and envious of your close relationship with God. And you could probably just check out now because this message isn't for you. So um, if that's you, then great, awesome, sweet. But maybe, maybe you're here and you fall in, into these next two categories, okay? Maybe the second category that we might fall into is this idea that, I mean, I've never even tried fasting. I, I didn't even know it was a thing anymore. Like, fasting's a thing still? Like, I thought it was just like one of those ancient rituals that isn't even relevant today, like that did way back in the biblical times. Like, I didn't even know you did it still. What, what, what is fasting? Um, maybe you just don't understand it. What, like, that, that's what I struggle with sometimes. Like, I just don't understand fasting totally. Maybe you thought it was just for those, like, really healthy nuts out there that, like, are just health nuts and, and they makes you think, like, Maybe, maybe it makes you think like this video right here. So, so maybe it makes you just think of those health nuts who make you feel worse about yourself, you know, when, when they're fasting and, and doing these, these kicks, right? Maybe that's the only idea of fasting that you have in your head. Um, maybe that's you. Or, or maybe this third category maybe fits, fits better. Um, and this is oftentimes where, where I land myself is that you've tried fasting or you even want to try fasting, but you just struggle with it, right? You just struggle with with this idea of, like, you're not sure if, you know, how to do it. You're not sure if you're doing it right. Um, you're not sure if you're doing it even for the right reasons. I mean, you know, the truth that I've found with fasting is that we are a mess of motives, right? We are a mess of all these different motives in our lives that, uh, and, and for the most part, we're a mess of motives in, in everything that we do, right, in life. And so we have these mess of motives that we bring to this, this thing called fasting too. And, and maybe part of those motives are, you know, we, we better fast because it'll make us more spiritual, right? And maybe fasting, you, we got to do the fast because if we do, we're, we're just, we're, we'll be more spiritual if we do that. And maybe it's because, like, the Bible says I'm supposed to fast, so I better do it. And that's kind of our motive is just simply because... God says we should, so let's do it, right? 
or, or maybe like our church or our group is doing this this fast for charity, you know, like the, what is it, the 30-hour famine, um, you know, or the thing where like you only drink water for a month, and, and you give the money that you would give to towards, you know, buying a latte to, to this, you know, charity or whatever, and, and that's that's good. I'm not saying don't do that, uh, but but maybe that's like your motive of, of just, hey, that looks like it's for a good cause. Let's just jump on that bandwagon and do it, right? And maybe that's that's our, our motive. and Or maybe it's like you're at the end of the month and you have no food money in your envelope left. And you're like, all right, we're fasting, guys, this week, fasting, right? And so maybe... Um, you know, maybe maybe you're preaching about it Saturday night, and you gotta. If you're gonna talk about it, you better do it. Maybe that's your motive. I don't know. That was me this last week, but we're just a mess of motive that we bring to the table, right? And here's here's what I want to say about that. Like, you know, sometimes motives can get in the way, right? Sometimes motives can inhibit our experience with with fasting, with with coming to God, or our experience of God. Our motives can, can, can inhibit and get in the way. But also, I want to say this, too, um, really quick, that motives can also prohibit us from experiencing God. And I say that in the sense that um, don't, yes, we can come with a mess of motives, like I say, but don't always just let that stop you from doing something. I don't want us to hear tonight this, uh, this, this message of, Oh, if I don't have the right motives, just throw your hands up and, and forget about it, you know. Because what I've learned also is that um, we want to we wanna pay attention to our motives. But what I've learned also is that fasting isn't just about coming to God with pure motives. It's also, and it can be, about coming to God to expose and purify our motives. And if you want to know where your heart is, if you want to know where your desires are and what your motives are, in life and what your, your motives are all pointed at and directed to fast. You'll find out in about 24 hours, okay? And, and I think that I, wa- I want us to hear this, that don't let those things stop you from doing that, but just be aware. Because it, it reminded me of this, this song called Come Ye Sinners. And one of the lines is this. It says, come ye weary and heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry until you're bettered, you will never come at all. If you wait until you got all the right motives, it'll never happen. We're always going to come with these, you know, personal and false motives, but it's about coming to God with a the, with, with the heart that says, God, expose in me what you want to expose. Change in me what you want to change. And, and, and do in me what you want to do. And, and, and God will work those things out. And so, so this is what, you know, all these things might be what we think of when we think of fasting. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, I don't even know where to start with fasting. I don't even know how to fast. Um, what do you even do? What does fasting entail? Um, and unfortunately tonight, I don't really have the, the time to go into the practical at, like side of how to do those things like this is you know you should start with a partial fast and you should do it for 24 hours and then step up to 48 hours and blah 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 and all that stuff I don't really have time to step into that stuff but I will say that if you're interested in that and that side of things and want to know more about the practical tips on how to fast here's a, a couple resources that you can jot down is uh, a, a couple books that I've read 
Um, one is by Richard Foster called Celebration of Discipline. Um, and that has like just a chapter on fasting that's really good. And then his son also wrote uh, another book, which I think is even better, called The Making of an Ordinary Saint that has another chapter on there. And other people have written books on fasting that there's resources out there too. Um, but I'm not really going to talk about those practical sides of like how do you fast. But tonight I really just want to focus in on the why. The why of fasting and, and the heart behind it. And why did Jesus pull this out and bring this up with his disciples and with those who were listening to his words? Why did Jesus address it um, in this message, right? And so he, uh, in this message, we're, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and we're, we're going through this section of his words that he pulls out these three external expressions of our devotion to God. And these, these three external acts that shape and expose us internally, right? And they're giving, the act of giving, the act of prayer, and the act of fasting, right? And these are things that, that Jesus, um, I think, intends to, to assume that his disciples are, are already doing. And I think that it, these are things that, that Jesus intends for us to just be doing, but it's about how, because Jesus didn't say if you do these things. He said when you do these things. And he's talking about not just like about how to do these things with a right heart, with a pure heart, and, and the why behind them. And so he pulls these things out to, that these are things that are going to shape us, right? And these are gonna, things that are going to shape us towards God's heart, Um. And, uh, and Jesus helps us see that these are relational responses. This is something that we've talked about the past few weeks, that these are relational responses to something that's already been done for you, to, to a relationship that you have with the Father. You know, and there, there, there's this huge difference in doing something out of relationship than there is with doing something out of duty, right? I'll give you an example um, the other day, I was helping uh, my friend Devin move into his new house, and uh, he had a, an, an entire moving van pulled up to, to his house, and uh, we had to move the entire thing into his house. So I show up, and I'm moving it, and, uh, and there was lots of things, lots of heavy things, and yes, there was a piano, and we moved it all, right? Okay, and we did it, and, and we had fun doing it. We laughed. We cracked jokes. We, were, we struggled. We struggled through getting that piano into that, that room. And, uh, and we laughed and had fun. And afterwards, we gave each other high fives. Now, if I was working for a moving company and I showed up to Devin's house as an employee of a moving company, I would have had a lot different attitude towards those things. I would have been just like, oh, my gosh, this guy's got a piano, man. I got to move a piano. I got to move that bookshelf down that narrow awkward flight of stairs you know all these things I would have had like this really like disgruntled attitude towards these things because it was my job right it's just my duty to do those things and I come at it from a way different perspective than I do showing up to my friend Devin's house and because it's out of this relationship that we get to do it together right and because of that 
we actually have fun and laugh about moving this piano into his living room, right? And so it's the difference between doing something out of duty and doing something out of relationship. And that's the heart that Jesus wants us to see. He wants us to see that these are things that, that should be done out of this relationship with the Father. And so tonight we're in, um, we're in Matthew chapter 6. Um, verse 15, and, um, and so we're going to read this together. Sorry, it's actually verse 16 um, through 18, and it says this. Um, Jesus says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, and their fasting may be, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And so Jesus is, is helping us ask this question that Boomer um, presented to us a few weeks ago that I thought was so awesome how he put it. He's helping us ask this question, why are we doing what we're doing? So he's, he's pointing out these, these, these things that we do for God, right? The three that he pulls out is giving, prayer, and fasting, right? These, we do these things for God, right? And, and, but the question is, like, why are we doing it, doing it, right? Why are we doing what we're doing? Is it to be seen by others? Is it to be noticed? Is it to be lifted up yourselves and, oh, my gosh, he's so spiritual, right? Is it to be accepted, that's the reason, then we've missed it. We've missed the relationship. We've missed the fact that God has already seen us. We miss the fact that God notices us and God accepts us just as we are. And we can just come to him in that. And we don't have to, to do all these things to be seen and get noticed by other people because God the Father sees us and notices us. And so he helps us, you know, is it, is it to be seen by others or, or is it out of this relationship with the Father? You see, the heart of fasting, the heart of, of removing those, those desires from our life is that we would draw closer to God. That we would draw closer to him and be in relationship with him. That we, out of this relational response, would align our hearts with his heart. That we would align our desires with his desire. And like I said before, that we would, we would dethrone ourselves. We would dethrone our desires, take ourselves and our desires off the throne, place him in the throne of our life. Make him and his desires and his heart be king of our life and that we would submit and come under him and say God what do you desire what's your desire not just what not, not just like removing my desires but exchanging them for his you get that it's not just a removing of your own desires for the sake of him it's a replacing our desires with his desire but we, 
tend to get so focused, and I think this is what Jesus was pointing at, at these people, and it can often be us, that we get so focused on the ritual, on the things that we do. This is what we're supposed to do to be spiritual, and this is what we're supposed to be do to be right with God. We get so focused on the ritual that we miss out on the relationship. And here's what I mean. We get busy doing things for God, and we miss out on living life with God. You get that? We get busy doing life for God, and we miss out on doing life with God. Are we living life with God? Are we doing things with him or just busy doing things for him? I can get caught up in this so much. You know, even this week as I was preparing this sermon and doing, you know, like, I got to do this because this is what, this is my, my calling and I'm, I'm doing this for God, right? And, and my kids are starting to get sick and my kids need me and my wife needs me. And I could, I could totally miss that because I'm so focused. Oh, I got to get this done. But I could totally miss the relationship that God wants me to see, the relationships that he wants me to notice and see. If you've been around me and my wife and even um, the Braddies, Chris and Tessa, long enough that uh, we love movie quotes, okay? We love quoting movies, and I don't think there's a family gathering that goes by where we don't quote a movie or The Office. Uh, you know, one of those two uh, something in there is just a movie quote here and there. So we love quoting movies, and, and here's why. Because, um, and this might sound random right now, but here's why. That uh, what that does, we see a situation, and it reminds us of, of a movie or a show or something, and we just blurt it out. Because what that does to us, it, it like brings everyone in and brings us back to that scene of that movie, right? And we all get to laugh about it. And it just brings joy to us to, like, bring everyone back to the scene of, of where we, what that reminded us of, right? And what that, that reminds us um, uh, of just something funny, right? And, and I say that because here's what I think. Jesus has this tendency in his teachings, okay? Jesus has this tendency to say things that bring people back to something that they remember. To, to say things that brings them back to something they've heard before. And I think it's very similar in that when Jesus was saying this, it was probably very likely that these, the, the people that were hearing it that day could have been reminded of a rich passage in Isaiah. And he did this so many times where he would say things that would, would remind them, just like a movie quote does with us, it would remind them of a passage in the Hebrew Bible that they knew. It would remind them of God's words to the Israelites and to his people that he had already said once before. And I think that, that when Jesus said these words, it could have been likely that they would have remembered this passage that God honestly drew me to this last week. And, and I thought it was like, it was God just like opening this up to me and like, wow, this is exactly what Jesus is saying. And it's in, in Isaiah 58. The Lord, through Isaiah, through the prophet Isaiah, is, is speaking to the Israelites. And he's rebuking the Israelites 
because they're fasting. That's interesting. He's rebuking the Israelites because they're fasting, but they're fasting in a way that just looked good on the outside. But nothing changed on the inside. They were completely missing God's heart on the inside. You see, they were doing things for God, and they missed out on doing something with God. And listen to this. Let's, let's walk through this together. Um, let me, I know it's on the screen, but let me turn there real quick. That in, in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 2, he says this. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgments of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Now just stopping there, so far so good, right? I mean, I'm, if, if this is me and God's saying this to me, like, this is what you're doing, I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about myself, right? I delight to draw near to God. I, I, I seek God daily. I do these things for God. I'm asking for, for righteous judgments. That sounds pretty good. And then he continues by, by sharing what the, what the Israelites have, have cried out to him. See, the Israelites say back to him, Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of this? You see, you do these things for me, God says. And why haven't you answered us? Why haven't you done these things? Because we've been doing all these right things, haven't we? We've been doing all the things we're supposed to do. And then God continues. He says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. You see, you do these things for me, yet you continue to have your own agenda. You do all these things for me, yet your heart is not changed. You do all these things for me, yet you still treat people poorly. You still talk down to people. You still gossip. You still oppress. You're still rude to that neighbor. Nothing has changed around you except for your actions that you think you're doing for me. See, you do these things for me, yet I don't see a change or a difference in how you treat others. Because he continues to say this, is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? We can desire to do these righteous things. We can desire to do these godly things. 
But the question is, is it, is it God's desire? Are we desiring what God desires? To do some, what God desires to do with us and to do through us. Are we seeing what God wants us to see? You see, we can do these things because we think it's the right thing to do, but are we seeing the things God wants us to see? This reminds me of this story. Um, I don't know why as I was preparing this, it just this story kept coming up in my head, and I'm like, man, this just reminds me of this, that when I was about a senior in high school, um, it was about April, and I know it was about April, I'll tell you why in a second, but um, <clears throat> I was out in Spearfish hiking with a friend and, and we were up above uh, in, like, kind of the Spearfish Park, above the creek up there. There's that cliff. We were hiking up there. And there's this route, and there's, like, you know, kind of a, a cliff edge over here and, you know, trees all around you. And I'm walking, and I'm looking down, right? My head's down. I'm walking, and I'm so focused on where my feet are stepping because I don't want to trip and stumble, right? And, and my friend who I'm hiking with is, is a little bit a ways in front of me, right? And so I'm hiking, I'm hiking, I'm looking down, looking down. And I mean, kid you not, before I even know what happened, I was like seeing stars because I had just ran smack into a branch, like a tree branch, just like this thick. Like it was, it was a huge trunk of a branch of a tree, whatever you call it. It was like right across the face, just wham, just hit me, smack like full on, right? And, and I knew it was in April because, like, that weekend, we had prom, right? <laughs> and I just had this mark right here, you know? It was, like, not so much here or here, but right here, right? I told you, movie quotes, okay? Um, <laughs> right there. And it just nailed me right in the face. And, you know, we tend to be so focused on on doing the right things and trying to do the right things, I was so focused on where my feet were supposed to go that I didn't see what I was supposed to see right in front of me. We're so focused on this. And our flesh is to just proclaim these things that we're doing for God, right? And, and, and when we do those things, we just we step back into the throne. We step back into this throne and this false humility of what we're doing just gets blasted in the face with truth. And the truth that God speaks in these next verses of this passage in Isaiah hit me this week about as hard as that tree branch hit me. And he says to, the, to them, Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free. To break free every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. You see, God's heart is to step into suffering. And we can do all these things and run the circles of what going through the motions of what we're supposed to do and miss what God wants us to do. 
God wants us to step into the brokenness of people's lives. God wants the people around us and our community to be changed by his love through us. God wants to do something with us and through us. He doesn't just want us to do things for him. He wants to do something with us. And God's heart is to step into suffering. Does what you do for God bring you to a place of doing the heart of God? Let me say that again. Does what you do for God bring you to the place of doing the heart of God? And in, in, in my life and in what I do with, with my ministry to people and to high school kids, I get a lot of this question. You know, if God is so good and if God is so loving, then why is there so much suffering in this world? Why, why is there suffering going on? And if I have a good relationship with that person and I'm able to be honest with them, I look them in the eye and, and I say this, I don't know, you tell me. Because God wants to use you to step into that suffering and to step into that brokenness and to heal that brokenness and that suffering with him. So you tell me, why is there suffering when we're not willing to do anything about it and God wants to do something through us? You know, fasting is a movement away from just doing things for God and it's moving toward doing things with him, listening to him, being with him, being in this relationship with him. As we do, we, we step out of that throne and we put him in the throne and we come under it and we say, your will be done. Does that sound familiar? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And your kingdom come. Right? So fasting, I mean, it is a true and necessary discipline. It is something that we should be doing in our spiritual lives. That Jesus said, when you do these things, not if you do these things. So it should be. But my encouragement is to fast as you, you pray and you seek out to dethrone your own desires, whether it be food or technology or something else that you, you desire, that you would come under the desires of the Father, that you would exchange them with his desires. And my hope is that you enter into it with this key truth. It's not about just doing something for God. It's about doing something with God, to be with him, to be in a relationship and let that relationship rule over the ritual, right? Let it be about that relationship over duty because that's when we will see his reward. And Jesus says, when you do this in the secretness of your own heart and you let you let that be within your own self, then then. Then you will receive that reward from your father. And this is the reward. God himself. That the greatest gift of the gospel is God himself. Um, I'll invite Chris and Tessa to come back up here to lead us in one more song as I, as I 
close us out these these final thoughts that, you know, we may still have like just this mess of motives in our heart and in our mind that we come to. My hope is that we understand this key truth that um, that will help us get the mo- most out of uh, this this spiritual discipline of fasting. And uh, so let me pray just to close this out. Father, you have called us to yourself. You have called us to your heart and your desire. And in that, we are called to others. You're called to change the world and to impact others, to step into others' suffering. And I pray that as we... um, learn to expose our own desires, that we would exchange them for yours, that you would come into our life and you would give us freedom and uh, and power through your name. And Jesus, that we would just have a rich, blessed relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen.